This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.08 and you're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sherrod. First up today, we are taking a closer look at new villages after the National Heritage Department announced that seven such villages across the country have been selected to be nominated as UNESCO World Heritage Sites. So this was... Um, announced by Local Government Development Minister Nga Ming, who said that out of 613 new villages across the country, including states like Penang, Beirut, Johor, Melaka, Selangor, only seven have been selected. Um, and he said all this during a working visit to one of those seven, Kampung Baru Berapit, uh, in which he said that Malaysia can expect to add another World Heritage Site in 2026 if everything goes well. And I think this is interesting for a number of reasons. Uh, part of it we're not going to get into today because um, I think for that we'd need to speak to UNESCO, but in talking about how exactly villages were chosen or what the criteria is going to be, that's one element. Today, though, we're doing a bit of a primer on the conversation that needs to happen before that, which is a discussion about the new villages themselves. Yeah, there's also kind of maybe implications for tourism when we talk yeah. about uh, UNESCO uh, heritage listings. Uh, to date, Malaysia has four UNESCO sites, uh, Langong Valley in Pera, uh, Malacca and Georgetown uh, as historic cities of the Straits of Malacca, the Gun Mulu National Park in Sarawak and the Kinabalu Park in Sabah. So, uh, again, when when global tourists walk around the world for places to go, destinations, often these are markers of something that they might be attracted to. So it is a win for the country in terms of tourism. It's also, and this is probably what we're going to be really kind of getting into, is is it a win for us as a country trying to deal with the history that the new villages represent? Yes, because it is a very complicated and uh, painful chapter in some ways. Um, I mean, people continue to live there. People are born and raised there. I mean, th there have been generations of, of lives lived out, but that doesn't erase their origins. And the origins, I think, is another element because if we're talking about tourism, then I think um, alongside, you know, potentially walking tours and, and all the rest of it, there is a question about how exactly these complications might be communicated to, to people who are visiting. Because if you're going to say heritage, then you need to talk about all of the heritage, um, you know, insurgency, emergency, all these things that do come up when you think of the new village. Yeah, and I think it's this... Um perhaps an ambivalence, especially from the state, about this particular history that there are official narratives and the alternative narratives are often suppressed or disregarded or seen as marginal, maybe even subversive in, in some instances. So uh, th this is going to be quite an, um, a tricky affair, I think, in how the state presents that history and how it makes it relevant for all of us, including those of us who have uh, interest in uh, um, you know, the subject of history and its representations in Malaysia. So let us know, did you or, um, you know, your parents, your family grow up in a new village? And how can we celebrate our heritage while acknowledging mm, complex histories? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. After this, we'll be speaking with Dr. Go IT, Chairperson of Ecomos Malaysia New Village Working Group. Keep it here on the Evening Edition, BFM 89.9. 
Behold Freedom, Malaysia, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.13 and you're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sherrod. We're talking today about... New Village um, or the New Villages. And this is happening because Nga Koming um, announced that seven new villages have been put up by the National Heritage Department to be nominated as UNESCO World Heritage Sites. Um, and we're asking you, did you or your family perhaps grow up in a new village? And how can we celebrate our heritage while acknowledging complicated histories? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp 018 Double eight double nine and tweet us at BFM Radio. Speaking with us now, we have Dr. Go It, chairperson of Icomos Malaysia New Village Working Group. Dr. Go, thanks for speaking with us today. Yes, very good afternoon. Can you hear me? Yes, you're coming through. Um, so to start us off, can you tell us about your work and research on uh, the New Village and what interested you in it? Uh, well, uh, to start off, I must say I I grew up from a new village. I consider myself as a third generation or fourth generation of uh, villagers uh, from the small hometown. Um, well, uh, the reason why I got interested is because in 2019, um, uh, we received I received an invitation from the villagers uh, calling for 60 years of like an annual annual uh, anniversary uh, meeting uh, with the friends uh, graduated from the Sekolah Menengah Kebangsaan. Cha'a uh, in, in my new village. So during that particular meeting, um, we give a speech. Um, each of us just acknowledge that uh, there's some kind of contribution that we need to do and as well as uh, uh, we need to share more on what we know about our new village. And then um, I myself involved in uh, ICOMOS Malaysia and uh, in two, the year 2000, because of the pandemic, more, most of us have a little bit more time to actually sit and brainstorm on what needs to be done or something like that for the Malaysia history and what is actually missing. So uh, at one point, uh, we, we as a, uh, a board member, we actually sit down and brainstorm uh, amongst three uh, scientific uh, committee. Uh, uh, one of it is the uh, Shavier Heritage, and then we have the historical uh, town and villages, as well as the cultural roots. So among the discussion, we talk about the first, uh, I would say, uh, visit tour during the pandemic or when the pandemic before over, what can we do? And one of the sites that we actually select is a uh, Chuang village in, in Rasa. So, and that particular discussion actually sparked the uh, potential formation of the working group called Icomos Malaysia New Village Working Group. Um, the reason why is because uh, that the topic of this new village and the potential of this embedded cultural heritage being discussed amongst researchers as well as the people, even the local people on this heritage for many years. Um, we have in the 1970s, we have uh, Dr. Francis Lowe talking about the new villages and uh, Perak. And then subsequently, we have uh, uh, a politician talk about the new village in uh, Perak and other states. And then subsequently, we have uh, uh, in year 2000, um, uh, KPKT talked about this master plan for the new village. So on and off for the last, I would say 60 to 70 years, some data have uh, been actually collected, even though the history book is not so clearly present, presented. So with the effort of formation of this uh, working group, we actually gather um, 
a specialist or expert from various disciplines. I must say the beauty about this ICOMOS is actually a multidisciplinary practice. So uh, or we gather a lot of uh, specialists from the different state. So to make this working group actually work even better, so the board actually decided to open up the uh, uh, membership under the new village uh, to open to members who are not uh, from ICOMOS Malaysia, but from uh, researcher. Uh, or professor or whoever from uh, in around the world that are researching on this uh, new village. And that opened up a lot of potential. And that actually struck my interest, uh, if you ask me. So the National Heritage Department has selected seven new villages across the country to be nominated as UNESCO World Heritage Sites. Is this significant? Uh, it's definitely significant because over our research, um, for the past, I would say, 30, 40 years, most of the research are focusing on anthropology study or political social study. Very little research actually focusing on, um, uh, you know, the actual planning. What is the influence of the uh, formation of the history of uh, Malaysia uh, in terms of social as well as a culture? And when we actually look into uh, the research or the topic of this new village, it actually opened up a wide variety of the different direction or the perspective that we need to look into. And one of it is actually on the layout planning um, as well as the culture and embedded the uh, uh, heritage from the new villages and how these new villages actually be a supportive uh, support, uh, role as a supportive uh, entity or role as the in uh, how to stand alone entity. So from our research, why we actually select these seven new villages is because from the research, we actually uh, knew that or realized that the, the formation of new village because of this emergency is the is the uh, grouping of the villages into three different categories. A category considered as the standalone new village that with uh, a lot of facility uh, being embedded because of the size. And then a uh, th uh, second category is the new villages uh, around an uh, established town like Barapit New Village, uh, Sakinchang New, New Village, uh, site A, B, B, and C, as well as the New Village uh, within the town, like Papa New Village. And of course, each of the New Village have its uh, uh, unique uh, identity because of the way it actually form. Uh, form, uh, form. Besides that, it's because of this, uh, you know, uh, New Village is closely, closely associated with the economic class and land matter. So different states have the different, different uh, approach even though it's guided by a set of uh, guidelines and the rules uh, outlined under the federal government at the time. So that makes the new village very significant. So when we actually select this uh, seven new village is uh, because we just closely uh, examining whether this new village able to represent some level of uh, combination of all these uh, uh, criteria that may actually bring us uh, uh, to present the, the uh, outline on the outcome of this new village to as a representative for the social and the culture uh, intangible and the tangible aspect. So what then, uh, let's talk about the tangible, because what are the architectural design elements that are unique to the new village and how do they serve as a carrier of, of history and of heritage? Okay, um, uh, most of us actually uh, in this uh, era not realize that uh, before the independence, there's no not such a planning for uh, our say local area or the village area. So um, 
in actual fact, when we look into the history, the formation of the new village actually set a kind of guideline and the rules of how we shall develop the rural uh, area. So, uh, for instance, uh, I talk about the new village I'm living in, uh, Cha'a New Village. When I was when I was young, I'm just wondering, wow, such a good area. It's a rural rural setting, but with the amenity around us. So, uh, of course, uh, over the study, I realized that. Um, Cha'a New Village is actually an independent new village with a population over 5,000 people. And with, with that kind of population, the amenity is a little bit different. So if you ask me about this, what is so special? So in Malaysia, uh, we have Taman Taman Perumahan. So what is this Taman means to us at the time during the emergency desk? So and before the emergency, we have this... Uh, like Kuala Kububang, the uh, first uh, garden city planning concept actually embedded in Malaya. And then subsequently, this particular concept, whether it's actually uh, been planned out in Malaya, not much study been carried out, apart from what we know about this uh, 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 Kuala Kububang. So when we actually study about the new village, when it come to like uh, uh, independent township or, the, uh, or the, the new village, we can see that they kind of design principle is actually embedded. And this principle, when it actually circulate into the different state, it actually uh, become like a backbone of the development or the direction of the uh, city planning guideline or the town town planning guideline. In Malaysia, we have the town and uh, uh, rural, rural planning and this kind of rural planning, uh, the, the formation or the rules and the guideline behind is actually uh, when we actually study is from a formation of the new village. Dr. Goh, historically, these sites have seen colonial state violence, displacement of communities, and perhaps a lot of individual tragedy as well associated with the emergency period. What specific efforts are being carried out to preserve this aspect of the new village history? Oh, okay. When we look into the history, we all of us need to understand if you actually uh, interview, like, for instance, talk to the old folks, especially those like 70 years old and above and will actually start suffer from the uh, World War II and then continue with the uh, uh, emergency, we realize that their life their life is really tough. Because of World War II, they have to uh, hide in the uh, rural area. But because of this emergency, they are actually uh, do the grouping in the, in, the, in the rural state, in a separate uh, township. So if you ask me how to actually preserve all this, I must say that um, when we actually work on the uh, research, right, we realize that the culture and the social aspect of uh, all this uh, rural uh, area uh, is actually quite well preserved. If you realize, if you actually look into or go into or walk into the new village, you realize that the kind of ambience is totally different. You can see, you know, the, uh, the kind of social type. People know actually each other. And uh, you can see uh, the freedom of religious practice. Uh, for instance, and then the respect between the different, uh, I'll say, uh, uh, ethnic group. So all this actually aspect is actually able to present and able to visualize uh, in the in the new village. If the village is big enough, like Cha'a, uh, you can actually really see uh, the kind of connection. That's why we always say that uh, in my hometown, most of us realize that our hometown is actually quite harmonious. Harmony in the sense that uh, we have three different uh, any group Malay, Chinese, and uh, Indian. Quite a big group. We have uh, when when I was young, we have like uh, school uh, type A for Malay, type A for Chinese, and type A for Indian. So and then when all of us actually uh, mix together during the secondary school in the in the same village, so we start to actually socialize together. 
And that makes us realize or understand each other from a very young stage. And that actually uh, helped to improve the kind of social uni- unity, if you ask me. And therefore, uh, maybe you can talk to us also about how new villages have evolved in the post-independence period. How do they now fit into our contemporary urban landscape? Um when we talk about new village, right? New village is controlled under the different um, entity. So, uh, uh, of course, uh, if you look into different uh, uh, research, some people, some, some of the researchers say that uh, uh, it's an entity that uh, no one wants because you are just dumping in money. I will say yes and no. Uh, because of this, uh, I will say, tension between uh, why all, all this stuff. Uh, Funding actually give given to this new village during the uh, before the formation of the independent, and then not and then let go other state. I must say that uh, in this development is always check and balance. If you ask me whether whether the new village actually grow over the time for the last seventy years, I will say yes and no. Yes, it's, uh, especially for those uh, well planned new village and new village at a certain size. No, is for those new village originally uh, uh, developed or plan for as a as a temporary or the uh, semi-permanent kind of uh, new village. So um, for instance, for my village, uh, our village grew from like 5,000 people to now 15,000 people. Uh, we originally, um, in 1970, the first uh, secondary school into now two secondary school with the form six. So uh, if you ask me whether it's actually fit into the overall uh, planning landscape, I will say yes and no is because new village because uh, it have each individual title issued uh, in uh, uh, in the new village itself. So when we talk about the development, uh, you will realize that the the development is a development over the same plot of land. For instance, if the religious building is being redeveloped, it redeveloped within the same plot of land. It's similarly to like a public public building, like even like the bus station, police station, post office, it's always uh, developed or redeveloped or on the same plot of land. So uh, if you ask me whether it actually fit into the overall, I will say yes, that, that is the effort of post-independent, it depends on the local council, how local council plan the, the economy and social development over or around the new village that is actually previously actually set up. And that setting up is very much depends on whether it's the, as I said, independent new village, say uh, a new village around the town or the new village within the town. Oh, I hope I answer your question. Yeah, Dr. Gov, just to kind of get some clarification about uh, what is the future of new villages. Uh, we know that over 600 new villages, only seven are going to be uh, listed uh, or at least hope to be listed under UNESCO. Uh, are new villages under threat? Are they likely to disappear? Oh, oh, okay, uh, I'd like to uh, clarify that we are not really only select six because the whole intention is having a serial nomination. So the intention is like, uh, because like, like you say, it's six, over 600. And if you look into the history, we are more uh, closely look into the new village actually formed during the independence, which is from 1948 to 1960. So if you look, purposely look into to, into that era of uh, history, we only uh, look into a new village uh, uh, sample of like 383 number, rather than 600 over new village. New village. If you ask me whether all these new village, uh, if you ask me whether the new villages is under the trade, I will say that um, under the trade is as for those new village closer to the urban area, 
like Sri Kembangan in the past is Serdang. Um, Sungai Buloh, because of too close to the urban area, uh, turned from the original uh, design into a more industrial uh, new village and then tied in into the current local uh, council uh, plan of turning into an industrial area. So, but for those village are uh, actually more outskirts, uh, like Cha'a, Papan, right? It can actually really develop into the uh, a tourism spot um, with benefit to the local people as well as uh, uh, maintaining the history of the Malaysia. So for selection of the site, I must say that is actually ongoing. Um, Currently, I would say the current seven is what we have identified or the group of us actually been identified and have done a certain amount of research. And then we are actually moving forward to for other village as well, including like Sekinchang, Gua Musang, and Bentong area. So the, in, the original intention that we have is like, because the new village is actually spread across 11 states in Malaya during the emergency, we hope that we are able to select sample as a representative for each of the state. Doc, Dr. Goh, thank you so much for speaking with us today. That was Dr. Goh, IT chairperson of ICOMOS Malaysia New Village Working Group, talking to us today about the new village uh, in light of the fact that they may soon be a UNESCO heritage site. You're listening to the Evening Edition, BFM 89.9. been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.